Good morning and welcome back to Margin. This morning, we're going to talk about the proven tools to master the defense of wealth preservation. This is a three-part series and this is part two. So let's jump right into it. Welcome to the Millennial Margin Podcast. I created this personal finance resource out of necessity as I've watched countless people schedule away, mortgage up, and max out their lives. Margin is simply the antithesis, providing leeway in an increasingly marginless culture. If you want to build margin into your personal finances on a daily basis, this is the podcast for you. So there's plenty of different schools of thought when it comes to how much reserves you should have. Some schools of thought think that you should have three to six months of your living expenses. Others may push it out to six to 12 months of living expenses. What that means is when you are building your plan to spend, you will look at those fixed expenses. You'll look at those variable expenses and you'll look at those expenses that you have some kind of commitment attached to. And so you'll look at your fixed and variable expenses and you'll look at, okay, what things have to be covered in the event of a job loss, in in the event of a layoff or something else so that you have a total amount from that plan to spend that can be multiplied out based on the amount of savings you need to have in place to have that cushion, to have that rainy day fund. So these reserves should be sitting in a federally insured FDIC-backed account uh, that that, uh, insures it up to $250,000. So that account, you should be looking at a few different aspects on. You should be looking at making sure that there's no fees to keeping the bank account open with minimal to no transactions per month, making sure that you are able to have that account open year over year without any fees to maintain that account. And then also making sure that you have the ability to have check writing capabilities so that you can uh, you know, use that account for an emergency, but make sure that that account is separated from your operating, from your checking account so that it's out of sight, out of mind, and only there in the event of a true emergency. So the third category comes down to insurance. It's important for you to have insurance in place to protect you and even your family against undue risk and unforeseen emergencies. And so it's important for you to have certain policies in place that protect against those things. So with that, the first one comes down to health insurance. It's important for you to look into, okay, what do I have available to me when it comes to health insurance? Do I have a plan that's been sponsored by my employer? Do I have a co-op that I can become a part of? Or do I have Medicare uh, available to me? Okay, so what do I have when it comes to options? You can also go uh, with an individual plan. Uh, Those ones are typically pretty expensive, but you wanna look at, okay, what are my options in this area? It's important for you to have health insurance, to look into whether you need Uh, some kind of vision insurance, and then also look into dental and see if if you can have uh, at least coverage for those three categories. Uh, Of course, it depends on the health of your your eyes, whether you'll actually need that additional policy, but you want to look into having a, a suite of policies that that protect you and uh, and that cover the basic needs for you and your family when it comes to your health insurance. So the leading cause of bankruptcy is not student loans. It actually comes down to being 
uninsured or underinsured when it comes to your healthcare, when it comes to your insurance, when related to, to your health. And so it's important for you to have policies in place that protect you and your family from depleting savings or, or from going into debt because of a health emergency. So another insurance type that you want to make sure that you have in your portfolio, if you do own a car, comes down to auto insurance. It's important for you to see what policy you have in place and whether you have enough coverage. So with that, typically these come in two different types of policies. One is comprehensive and the other is liability only. So if you have your car financed, typically they require a comprehensive policy. So that ensures that their asset, the asset that they own, that you have a loan on, uh, they actually get the money back in the event that it gets stolen or it's in a car accident that is then deemed salvaged. So with that, that is one aspect where you may not be able to move over to a liability policy uh, if you have that vehicle financed. Now, if you have that car paid off, then you have the option of looking into a liability policy. Now you wanna be careful because liability only policies cover the liability of driving that car around when it comes to, let's say getting in an accident and covers that other party, but it may not cover uh, the, the, the actual cost of replacing your vehicle. And so with that, you wanna be mindful of is it worth the risk to, to, to go with a liability-only policy versus a comprehensive policy? So how you do that is you look at the difference in the premium. You look at the difference in the premium on an annual basis, and you look at that savings on an annual basis, and then you calculate that out based on how much it would cost to replace your car in the event that you had to replace your car. So if you have a savings of $500 per year between that liability policy and between that comprehensive policy and your car is worth, let's say $3,000, it would take you six years to basically buy that vehicle again if you had that liability only policy. So something to keep in mind is, does it make sense for me to take on the risk of that lower policy or does it make sense to pay a little bit more on a monthly basis to ensure that my car is replaced in the event of an accident. So the next component comes down to renter's insurance. Renter's insurance is only applicable if you, of course, are a renter. But with that, most apartment complexes and most property management companies require this now. They require a policy to be in place. Now with this, you want to make sure that you take an inventory, an initial inventory and an annual inventory that is stored on the cloud so that in the event that your apartment burns down or floods or someone breaks in and steals your stuff, uh, that you don't have it stored amongst your stuff. So you want to make sure you have that inventory that you have pictures or some kind of video uh, proof that you own those assets so that it streamlines and lessens the stress in the event uh, that you have a break-in or some other event occurs. So one thing that people don't realize is the fact that apartment complexes, whether they are owned by an individual or a corporation or maybe a, a single family home or something like that, they have their own policies. They have their own house 
or uh, or corporate policies that protect their properties. So these are protected in the event of a fire, or a flood, or something like that. But they don't typically cover you the, the contents of your specific space. And so you'll want to have this in place. You want to have this renter's insurance in place to actually replace the items that are ruined or stolen. Uh, you know, from your dwelling. So if you are not a renter and you actually do own your home, you were most likely required by your mortgage provider to have a homeowner's insurance policy in place. Now, if you have that uh, home of yours paid off, I would still recommend that you have a homeowner's insurance policy. And why I say that is there's so many different threats that you have by not having an insurance policy on your home. And, and if your house floods, if your house burns down, uh, if it's broken into, or if there's some other act of God, you'll want to make sure that most likely your most expensive asset is covered. And you'll want to make sure that you have the contents of that that space of that place covered. And so much like that renter's policy, you want to make sure that you are documenting what things have been done on the house and also what contents are in the house on an annual basis. So with that, you also will want to make sure that you have a homeowner's policy that covers the full rebuild of that property, not the original stated value of that, especially in an environment where home prices are are going up at at double digit increases on an annual basis. Thank you for your time. Enjoy your day and we'll see you back here tomorrow. If this information is helpful to you, please do follow visitmillenniummargin.com or connect with me on Margin's social platforms.